Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Live. We are live. We're back with another episode of the Larkcast, the real F word part two. We felt like uh, the forgiveness conversation was definitely one to be had again based on the amount of stuff that we didn't get to and the feedback we've been getting mm-hmm. from people. So here we are in part two. Before we get to that, couple of housekeeping notes. One is if you listen to us on iTunes and you prefer YouTube, the Larkcast is now on YouTube. So we jumped over to, uh, to video. We added that to the repertoire. Mm, That's a good word, man. So now you get to, you know, stare at our beautiful, our beautiful faces. Yeah. And watch us interact and banter and talk and drink and, all those lovely, lovely things. Laugh. Somehow we got to incorporate like eating on here. <laughs> like if there was Did a way to like, mute, the, mute the chewing process, <laughs> you know, like just a no big one old ribeye. Like rib well, as long as there's no salad nearby, I think you'll be safe, man. If you... there is the people in the car next to those listening to the podcast on their way to work would hear you chewing. Yeah, I'm going to get a letter from the city that I live in. <laughs> like, I'm going to have so many neighbors complain. Um, I, I'm a very yeah. loud chewer, for sure. Yeah, man. So we're on, we're on YouTube. Um, another thing is uh, we put out uh, two emails a week. One is informational on Wednesday, and the other on Sunday is a bit of just good news. Some encouraging yep. you know, bits. Some insights, some encouragement. Yeah, um, short and sweet. And there's some good stuff on there. So if you want to yeah. be a part of uh, that mailing list, head on over to LarkSite.com. Uh, scroll down, become a Lark Insider. Uh, give yeah. us your email and you'll be on it. Also, we have a killer giveaway on there that we just posted uh, about a week ago. Are you trusting Jesus or religion? It's a small little uh, small little piece that we wrote yeah, and man. designed. And people have been digging that. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, get that piece get it get on it get it get it yeah dude the feedback on that giveaway has been pretty dope people it's just hey reading it for their own like man i've i've always felt like you know yeah man i know jesus i love jesus i'm trusting jesus and you know they're going through this going i mean i do believe in him and you know amen i'm in relationship right with him that said then there's these areas of my life where i'm just i really have trusted in religion all these years yeah so it's been cool to see some of the freedom, man, that, has, that, that people have found and just sort of recognizing that. And then also people that have just been using it as a resource, man, in conversations they're having with friends, just saying, hey, man, Jesus really is a better way, dude. And here, uh, here's, here's some examples. So yeah. that's I can say really it's cool. good because I feel like it's not self-promoting. I did not contribute to the writing. I think you, Jameson, and also Aaron, uh, who's also part of the LARC community. You guys did a great job in writing that. So 
thumbs up. Go get it. Larksite.com. It's a free yeah. giveaway there. Uh, if you're already part of the email list, uh, we sent a link to it already. Should be in your inbox. Yeah. So there, so there it, it is, is, man. Podcast on YouTube now. You can like watch us mugs as we talk about these things. Some cool resources, some things that are out. Cheers. I'm just laughing because we said, so there it is at the same time. And I'm like, have we really been hanging out like long enough to where we're saying the same transitional sentences? I'm I like, love it. Uh, it's, it's so awesome. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> too good. Too good. So the real F word, um, that was a good one. That whole context there in Matthew 18, uh, been getting some people reaching out asking follow-up questions, uh, even about the, you know, the context, you know, that that parable is kind of sandwiched and cushioned around. Oh yeah. Uh, spent some good, spent some good dialogue, man. Spent some really, really good dialogue, good dialogue. And that thing was definitely a can of worms. I mean, it's hence part two, mm-hmm. part two of the conversation. There's just so much to dive into here. And, you know, I found, I was in my, I was in a conversation with somebody at a, at a local bar that I worked out of yesterday. And we were just talking about God and his grace and what he's like and forgiveness. And then of course, you know, the beauty of extending that forgiveness to others and the difficulty that comes with that, but then also getting a chance to talk about the harmony, man, that's found within it. And I think that's kind of where we're going today is really just, just pulling, pulling, pulling this back even more and, and pressing in, not just to like what he's, what he's declared here, but I think a little bit more in just relation to the difficulties we have with this, the struggles that we have with it, man, like real honest feelings and, and, uh, you know, pain, doubt, fear, and just, you know, I think just circling back to this idea that harmony, man, like in this life, I feel like there's, there's probably nothing that kills it. There's probably nothing that kills harmony, man. Um, in our own lives and among our friends and relationships, or even just society at large, like insecurity, dude, there's yeah. just something about, and I think that's kind of what we're getting at in, in looking at these parables. Jesus keeps pointing to this unconditional, indiscriminate, inexhaustible acceptance that God has provided in bringing us into solidarity with him and each other. But in all of our unbelief at this, at every turn in life comes about an insecurity hmm. in place of the security, right. That we have from him. Cause I mean, what's insecurity other than a breakdown of what your security is in. So when you move in from your security and trust in him into some form of trust in you or somebody around you or, you know, or other systems, right. That are in the world, those things inevitably fail because they're frail at their core. They're not divine. Hmm. they're frail and um and in their frailty they let us down and i think that's where insecurity comes from and i'm starting to see this really cool connection between that and forgiveness and the struggle to forgive um but then i feel like there's also a number of questions man that even come from that so anyways all that said dude i'm, I'm excited for the conversation and i think part two is definitely merited so before is we merited a anything, word sure why not just thinking about that. I know Mary. We're free is, in Jesus but... to make up words. Yeah. I mean, Theo Vaughn does it, dude, better than anybody I know. It doesn't mean right? that these words are going to, you know, sound. I, I, no one's promising you're not going to sound stupid as you do it. 
Mm. But at some point, mm. if a word made it into a dictionary, someone had to yeah. make it up. It's true. It's kind of like like grace and life and the law, right? Like, yeah, you're free. Jesus loves you. But that doesn't mean that if you go walking, that it ain't going to hurt like hell. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nor, does it, nor does it mean you're not going to look like an idiot. Right. As you're like, you'll it. be free. It's just, it, it's just probably going to hurt. <laughs> so you're loved, but ooh. yeah. Yeah. Um, so have you ever had to forgive me, bro? Like, let's, let, let's get into this, man. Let's, 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 uh, let's sit on the couch. Mm. Sit on the couch of professor podcast. Yeah. And, and ask the, ask the question. Like, I know we have a lot of fun. I bet people would be surprised to know that we've had to, uh, receive and extend forgiveness between us. Yeah. I mean, I, I got something. I mean, For me, well, I got multiple a lot, things, but one thing I'm going to share. Yeah, there's a, been a lot of me extending forgiveness, dude, over the last, <laughs> over the last seven years. Um, I, there might have been a time or two in there that I had to, I had to receive forgiveness. But um, couple two tree, couple. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Sound like my Chicago ordering hot dogs. Oh, by the way. Tree. By the way, James is in town. I'm heading to the Sox game tonight with him mm. and his, his brothers and a few uh, few other buddies. Oh, that's going to be a blast, man. Shout out to James Perrazzo. Yeah. Sox Fire, are looking good this year. Firefighter. Lives in Denver now. He's in town. Back in town yeah. in Chicago. So, yeah, dude, there's been a time where I had to... Uh, I had I had to forgive you. It was a it was a moment of like I had to forgive you quickly, quickly, man, on a basketball court one time. Yep, I can remember that game like it was yesterday. Well, you've just taken and, uh, a lot of abuse from me on a basketball court, which is uh, I think usually why you try to just get on my team. Yeah. Um. No. No, not at all. I would say yeah. So, yeah, man. Like whenever we play basketball, like people who have never played with you before assume that, okay, here's this guy. He's large. He looks like a, you know, a defensive end or a, or a, or a center. You know what I mean? <laughs> football team might not be the quickest dude on the basketball court. And then you're saying I have you know, a wide keister, a wide keister and um, a large not, rear end. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. And so when you get out there, dude, people are like, ah, yeah, I'll take this guy or this guy. And then you show up and play and people are like, dang, man, I didn't know he was like, this dude can like really play basketball and he's way faster than I thought. And he could shoot well. And so you do, man, you do well. So you're court. saying the only reason I do play well is because I, I, I catch people off guard. Mm-mm. I feel like that's what I hear you saying. No, no. And if I am saying that, then I just ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> But there was a time we, were, we we ended up on opposite teams. Opposite teams, yeah. And we were playing, and it was you know it was a pretty heated game, man. We were having fun. My, my daughter Emily was actually out there playing with us. Um, I think she was a senior in high school that year, and uh, even she was like, "Whoa, Dad, I've never seen you like that." There was this moment we were playing that I think we had both like went up for a rebound, and. Uh, Somehow I got bumped, dude, and just went flying backwards, laying on the ground, kind of do this roll. Um, praise God for a, a life of wrestling. <laughs> the one thing you definitely learn how to do is fall. 
It's, anyways, I kind of roll at the ground. It's very graceful fall and roll. And, a nice um, tuck and roll. And I just remember popping up and immediately thinking, like, this dude literally just shoved me down, man, on this court in this, like, heated game. Because it was a pretty close game there. And uh, I just kind of went into immediate, like, okay, here we go. We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back to eighth grade, dude, and throw some hands here. <laughs> well, I didn't know what happened because I kind of just saw you just flying out of the corner of my eye, and then you got up Man. and wanted to fight me, and everyone, everyone well, was like, "Whoa, dude, whoa!" And I was before like, "Before you heck? go into your like defense mode, let's let's make one thing clear here. You uh, you didn't exactly reach down and say, let me help you up.'" or my bad instead there was like this kind of kind of like this like bow dude he kind of gave me this look and then you like basically just turned i feel like you're breaking like, that oh my god up. oh my god this dude literally just shoved me down on the ground man this the guy play was, was still friend. go the play was live i would this guy you know, who's my friend i gotta grab the ball me to the I'm ground taking it up. i'm checking the ball i'm taking it past three <laughs> three point line i gotta check the ball up and keep playing I was oh, like, oh, dude. it looked like you tripped or, you know, got, you know, hit by a Mack truck or something and went, went yeah, flying. But yep. I mean, it was when we collided because... in the air, it did not go well for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won for sure. <laughs> Too funny. Man. I just remember popping up with Josh Chevalier and, and, uh, and Emily both were like, oh my God, I literally thought that was about to be like MMA, <laughs> like UFC 172 down here in fort myers so anyhow we were we were able to laugh about that though you know within yeah. a couple minutes yeah yeah for sure i had to i had to uh i had to forgive you from my heart i had from to, the man. heart from the heart Which is the only place it can come from because if it's not from the heart then it's just manufactured and fake yeah. which jesus gets to in the parable the time i had to forgive you was when we were in downtown florida uh, also known as uh, Orlando, <laughs> uh, I, which I affectionately refer to as downtown Florida. We were yeah. at a, we were at a taco spot, um, an annual thing that we, we do, we kind of made a tradition out of hitting this taco spot up after this one specific, you know, day or, yep. or whatever. And we had this dude in our crew, hilarious dude. Um, and he, 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 dude, and I'll just say this, like, it's like 2 a.m., man, in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This taco it, spot is bumping for those of you listening in. The line goes around the building. It's 2 a.m. They have hired security bouncers yes. that work at the taco spot. Correct. To give you an idea. So it's a fun environment, but it can get a little rowdy in there. It's pretty wild. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, the freaks come out at night would be, an appropriate yep. phrase for this place. The people watching is amazing. Somebody in our crew made a made a joke, and we're at a table. <laughs> we're kind of all standing up. Russ is directly in front of me. In fact, I will tell you, I feel like I'm wearing the shirt that I was wearing that night right now, bro. I'm wearing. We- I think I'm wearing the exact same shirt. Oh my gosh! Wearing. So with a mouthful of <laughs> Uh, carne asada street taco and beer and Modelo, dude. You spit every bit of what you were <laughs> chewing on directly onto my face, 
my facial oh, hair and my shirt. It was like I was looking to the uh, I was looking to the left and laughing at something. And next thing I know, it was like um, that scene in Pulp Fiction. Oh, dude. where uh, uh, Jules accidentally hits uh, shoots shoots the kid in the back seat. <laughs> And his brains go splattering all over the back windshield. It was it was definitely like that. And I turned. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> yeah, your face, because you were only like a foot away from me at this like table. <laughs> and it come, man, when he dropped that punchline, dude. When he dropped that punchline, like I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I was like, "Okay, so you, before just... you get into defending yourself." <laughs> Before you get into defending yourself, Russ, uh, it's not as if you were very concerned after this happened. You continued to laugh just as I continued to play oh, yeah. basketball. So yeah. with a face full of uh, Russ's chewed up food and uh, and beer, you know, and Russ kept laughing, it was like... <laughs> it was one of those you just Dude, i'm to, in a packed out place you had to eat every it, culture under the sun man is in this place we're all laughing we've got all we got various cultures man around the table we're even at and this this lady dude is like making a beeline man for the bathroom in the taco spot bro i wasn't gonna say what the joke was about but it looked like she was about to just make a mess on the floor oh it was bad dude and then I won't say his name. <laughs> Don't say it. But our friend says, I'm like mid chew. And he's like out loud, I got to take a cheat. <laughs> Dude, the food just, like, just went everywhere, man. <laughs> I just remember you, like, you didn't even like try to wipe your face off. Your hands were like this. And you look up and you're like, Dude, <laughs> it's like all over, man. You can't even see out of your glasses. It was bad. It was bad. Well, so what am I gonna do? Like, I'm gonna laugh in this moment. It's just, it's normal, man. It's normal. Like, it's normal. So in moments, it was pure like accident. That, in moments like that, because you know, like we've been working together for six years, you know, and pretty closely. And if not, if not for the love of God and the grace of God and the, mm -hmm. the horizontal extending of that, um, you know, things that ruin other ventures, relationships, friendships, businesses. So praise yeah. God for it, man. Praise God for the gift of forgiveness, the gift of yeah. love, the work of God's spirit in our lives in those moments. Um, you know, it's like uh, C.S. Lewis, um, he was quoted as saying, even though Pam researched it recently, I think it was somebody else. He goes that every, everyone should keep a nice little graveyard in which to bury, uh, the grievances of his friends. Mm. And I feel like that's just, that's good. We should all have a nice little graveyard, right. Yeah. In the, uh, um, proverbial or proverbial backyards in which to yeah. take our friends, our family members, those that we, we love. And just bury them, man. Drop them down yep. the black hole of God's love, of the cross, of the resurrection. And so we laugh about it, but it's real. It's real. Yeah, because there's, you know, there's there's instances, man, like what we've just brought up, you know, which are both humorous, right? Looking back, you yeah. know, on them and, uh, and even accidental in nature, right? 
the basketball court was accidental in nature. The you know, spitting food in a friend's face and laughter was accidental in nature. But I think where sometimes people can wrestle, myself included, when we hear this parable of the unforgiving servant that Jesus told, one that we unpacked in part one, if you're new to this conversation, um, just go to the F word, the real F word, part one, is uh, I think it's, it comes with forgiveness in the face of things that are not accidental in nature. Yeah. Things that are intentional, right? Things that are ongoing. It's not a one-time, you know, instant, but an ongoing instance mm-hmm. of hurt. You know I mean? That, that, that gets brought to, you know, to people's lives. And I think that's where like the sticky point man is with this parable, right? Cause like the way that Jesus tells it, there's, there's a King who wants to settle accounts with his servant, right? Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like this king who has a desire to settle accounts with a servant. And the servant has racked up a debt that's in, you know, that's astronomical, can never be paid back in a lifetime. 3.5 billion, if you do yeah. the parable math. Yeah. 60 million work hours. So it's like, hang it up. The master storyteller makes sure that the debt is made known and that everyone grabs onto the, the, uh, the inability to ever achieve this. And so, you know, pleading for mercy, instead of being thrown into prison and everything taken from him, which is rightly due, this, uh, this king moves towards, right, grace and opts to forgive. And it has nothing to do with this servant's, like, plan to try to pay it back, right? Because he can't. It's a joke to even try to lay out a plan. Cancels the king just chooses instant. to, yeah, just chooses to die to himself and to all that he's justly do and just extend forgiveness because his desire going back to the beginning of the parable is the relationship is to settle an account. It's to obtain and maintain a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, you know, paints this picture of what God is like. And then he also shows us what we're like as people who've been forgiven simply out of the grace of the King, not because of anything we've done, didn't do or promised to do. And what do we do? <laughs> we, we go and, we're, we're ruthless, man. We're relentless with the people that are in and around us in regards to extending forgiveness to them. We're mm-hmm. ruthless in our pursuit of what is supposed to be just and done. And uh, we're just basically, I think what he's showing us is man, we really wrestle with forgiveness, not just receiving it, yeah. but right. But then not extending it. And there's a woe man that Jesus brings because he's in a sense, like he's tying our unbelief in him and what he's like and what he's done is what results in are not trusting him, right? And then in not trusting him, we're not trusting that he's good and will work all things out to those that are in and around us. And therefore, we're not extending that forgiveness to other people. Mm-hmm. And so the harmony, man, just is, it's lost. If the hope is harmony in this life with God and with each other, harboring unforgiveness will always rob you of that harmony, always. Mm-hmm. And dude, we're seeing it play out right now in society, man, like no tomorrow. And, um, we see that and, yeah. you know, we, we, like I said, we brought up some examples, man, of some things that were, you know, unintentional and, you know, needing to forgive each other. But I think, you know, people have wrote in going, man, thank you so much. I've never seen this. I mean, one person specifically said it was like having a, a bag lifted off my head, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm learning to breathe again yeah. and seeing God through this light. I'm like, dude, that's so amazing. Right. Amen. Freedom, right. Finding freedom. But then I've also had friends who are going, man, well, what do I do, though, when, uh, when I've got a dad who's, uh, 
basically chosen everyone and everything else but me mm. my whole life. Yeah. What do I do with the friends that I've, that I've been in my corner for years and then just straight up rejected me, man, walked away from their friendship completely Yeah. because yeah. I've, I've taken on a different idea about something that's happening in the world right now than what they're clinging to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and it's like, oh, and they're almost going. So it's like, does God not care about that? Is he not? Is he telling me to just to get over it? Right. If I can forgive you, why can't you forgive them? Man up. You know, is, is that, is that what he's saying? And I'm like, no, I don't think that's, that's what he's saying here. And so I think that's kind of, man, like why the part two's <laughs> the conversation. Yeah. Or like, you know, even for me or anyone who's been married, I've been married for 18 years. Um, dude, your marriage cannot survive. Like it, it, mm. it might just like, you know, technically stay intact. But if you ever hope yeah. to have like some ongoing relationship with your spouse, I mean, you have to grapple with the idea of mercy, forgiveness, mm-hmm. dying to yourself. So I feel like marriages and relationships in general, but marriage in particular is, you know, the, um, you know, it's the boot camp, the training ground, you know, because it's just <laughs> going to be like, it's going to be very, very quickly you know, these yeah. things are going to, are going to come up, but I see myself in that servant because, you know, to my shame as, as a dad, I can be, I could be podcasting like right now talking like for an hour and 15 minutes um, mm-hmm. about, you know, just God's love and how, you know, he's, it, it's a, it's a black hole. Like it's consumed everything. Like everyone's loved, everyone's forgiven. It's finished across the board and then i'll i'll hit stop and say goodbye to you and i'm like who was making noise on the other side of the wall who did that (laughs) i told y'all to shut up (laughs) and i feel like the servant down here trying to talk about jesus and love and grace y'all up there making noise interrupting me i feel like the servant who's been forgiven 3.5 billion dollars and then shaking my you know kids down you know for 80 bucks um, we're not very good at being forgiven. We're forgetful, you know, people. Mm, yeah. And that's why, um, that's why this, this, this conversation, even Christian community or like whatever idea yeah. you have of a regular rhythm of gathering of the church, if that, you know, that gathering should be focused on Jesus and what he has done for us, not really a conversation on what what we need to be doing or the kind of people we need to be coming but mm. remembering his life his death his resurrection because we are forgetful people we have spiritual amnesia however you want to say that that's why the one thing he gave us before you know his passion was a bread and a cup and said do this in remembrance of me as often as you yeah, gather as you often to, as you get, you get together, together man. just remember this because this thing right here, this good news, this, this declaration of the forgiveness of sins and the announcement that it is finished, it is, it is the absolute key to everything. You can't point to one thing practically, socially, individually, mm-hmm. um, you know, r- relationally, um, vocationally, where yeah. it doesn't apply. It applies everywhere across the board. And we are so forgetful. This parable is not about some wicked person, um, 
you know, like that represents 5% of, you know, the population. It's, it, it's, it's a story about who we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, you know, I think we hit on it in, in part one, but the, you know, that, that chorus of, you know, indignation towards all injustice in the world, man, the cries for justice in an unjust world, man, when that, when that song rushes from your guts, it feels right because it is right. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are real things in this world that are wrong. There are real things in this world that are hurtful, real things that we believe and practice that bring harm, man, to, to people and to ourselves, things that disrupt the harmony that God's brought about things that, that rob us of the beauty that's found in the reconciliation of all things that's been accomplished in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, right? We've, we've talked a lot about that, which is ultimately just this ongoing practice, man, of religion, this ongoing love affair with moralism and trying to justify ourselves through what we have done and didn't do and what we, how we didn't do what this person did. And and even sometimes it's like hanging on to unforgiveness makes us feel like we're right. We're somehow just, we're better. Oh, Not yeah. only because we didn't do that, but because we aren't, we aren't associating with those people and we're not, we're not forgiving this act and we're doing our best to really bring a, a serious accountability to this. Mm-hmm. And it just all starts to get really muddy, man. And sometimes I think it just comes from this misunderstanding of grace and the law. That's something I've really thought about you know, just in meeting with people in response to, you know, the last parable that we've talked about, like forgetting that grace is the act in which God forgave, God reconciled, past tense, done, finished. Grace is the cross of Christ. The law is also a picture of harmony. It's, it's a breakdown of all that is good to walk in, in this world and neither disappear, you know, that, that doesn't disappear because of grace right? Mm-hmm. It's not grace, right? Or law, as we've, you know, talked about a little bit in the book Reclaim that recently came out. It's grace and law. They both exist side by side. What law is good and worthy to grace. walk in? Yeah. yeah. Isn't and going anywhere. <laughs> make sure you know that grace is amazing because this is the case. Yeah. Like if there's no acts that are wrong in which we're all like struggling with hurts and pains and wrestling, you know what I mean? With the disharmony of unforgiveness. Um, if not, if none of those things even existed, there's no need for the cross, right? Like, right. The, like the cross is good and beautiful and needed. It is God's grace. It's already there and for us, but it doesn't remove um, things that are, that are good to walk in or things that are not good to walk in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard it once. Uh, someone likened the beauty of this good news uh, to a diamond. You know, when you're just like examining a diamond, when you mm-hmm. want to see just the beauty of it, the shine of it, the clarity of it, uh, you drop it up against a black backdrop and the diamond shines brightest on up against a black velvet, you know, cloth. Yeah. And I think grace is amazing precisely because we are not precisely because there is some real ill some real violence that we do to even the people we say we love and value most Mm. and we rarely act out the things that we even think of and harbor in our hearts towards one another 
And so when you go to the heart level, you really start to see, man, there is something inherently from my core broken about who I am. So I really wrestle with people taking love and grace and forgiveness and kind of like whitewashing, you know, everything, meaning everything's approved of now, everything is accepted. Um, Because just because that's, I mean, it's the way that God chose to deal with the world because he understands, he understands the human heart. And like, just exactly what you were saying about the law, the law is good. The problem is we are not. And the way that the way the human heart, because it is flawed, the way it reacts to rules, the way it reacts to demands, because at our core, Mm. we're rebellious or at our core, we want to control. And so we'll dive in full bore on the rules just so that we don't have to be on the hook for need something from somebody else. Cause I handle it yeah. all. Yep. Right. It's the whole younger son, older son in the two lost sons in Luke 15 control is at the core of all of it. Yeah. And so when I grab onto unforgiveness, you know, which I have in plenty of moments in my life, mm-hmm. um, it's me wanting to control. It's me wanting to not be in agreement with how, how God sees that person and views that injustice. And yeah. I'll tell you, there was just recently, I had a, I had a six year thing, man, that I was just hanging on to something. Um, it was a pretty important person in my life. Um, and I, man, they, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily something they did to me, but it was the absence of something they could have, you know, done Mm -hmm. because of their position. Uh, And I feel like if there was more security in that person, they could have embraced something I was wanting to do. And it had implications, you know, I was on staff at a church at the time. I don't want to like get into it. Um, But it was, you know, me wanting to move away uh, from this particular church and this ministry to come jump in with, you know, Lark and everything that we're doing now. And, um, yeah, man, it was instead of, instead of kind of like entering into that and embracing that and wanting to learn and wanting to know and be a brother, um, it was just a lot of just, it was just a lot of politics and it was just a lot of corporate industrial kind of, you know, moves. And it caused a lot of, it caused a lot of hurt, man, caused a lot of pain, caused a lot of confusion. And I carried that for a really, really long time. Um, and it feels good. It feels good to, um, to harbor and to hang on. It feels good to, um, to not forgive for sure. Yeah. But in the, but the, it, you know, I feel like the thing that happened to me was like, it kicked my ass. Mm. It wasn't so much like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to be you know, holy Tony who gets the love of God and, um, you know, really needs to make a wise decision here. Now, don't get me wrong. When you have a ministry where you're constantly like this thing you do, you're constantly reminding people of how much, like how insane God's love and forgiveness is. You are confronted constantly with the places where you're not extending that. Uh, But I feel like it was just like, it just kicked my ass. Like I couldn't, I couldn't carry it anymore. 
yeah. the weight of it. And I just like, I just, I gave up. And I was like, dude, your ways are better than my ways. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there is, there is a, a real freedom in what you're saying. I didn't want to let this person off the hook, but in not letting them off the hook, I was on the hook for bitterness and misery mm -hmm. and, you know, the burden of carrying around this thing. Like, think about this, man. Like we always talk about how like Jesus, like bore our sin on his shoulders or in his body on the cross, dude, I tried, I tried to carry one person's sin, one individual sin for six years. And it freaking crushed me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, think about that. Um, and so I, I, so I was just like, I gave up and I finally had a chance to sit down with them. And it was really cool because when I sat down, I had already in my heart, kind of like, I was like, I was dead to it. I was dead to the anger. I was dead to the bitterness. I was dead to the forgiveness. I forgave him before I even sat down. It was really cool is that there was a lot of freedom in sharing. I was able to share, which I think what we're going on, what we're, this is what we're talking about. It's not, Hey, let's let him off the hook or, Hey, we shouldn't pursue that conversation or we shouldn't pursue that reconciliation. But I felt like I came to that table, not feeling like I needed any response from him. I was free to forgive no matter what came back. Because I know a lot of people, when they go and approach those conversations and they try to work things out, they're mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I'm going to withhold my forgiveness if I hear these magic words. Like, I need to hear these specific things from you. I need yeah. to hear these, you know, this, you need to understand this. You need to see it my way, you know, and yeah. all that. So, yeah, dude. You almost wonder, like, even in the middle of that and the struggle and all that, like, like Jesus isn't kidding when he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Exactly. And he knows like ultimately this unforgiveness is it's crushing us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the me centricity universe that all, you know, all of us are kind of born into this idea, right. That we're at the center and independence is the goal and progress is the need and control is possible. And right, what the Bible calls sin, we all wrestle with this. And when you stack us up against each other, we're going to bump into each other. Sometimes it's accidental and sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's a one-time act. Sometimes it's an ongoing act. Uh, I think the thing that we can know is that God isn't saying he doesn't care about that. And God isn't whitewashing it. And God isn't saying, forget about it, get over it, forgive. This is my way, period. I think what we have in Jesus is a God who sees that and knows that, who becomes flesh and dwells with us in that who he himself dealt with abandonment from those mm -hmm. closest to him, who dealt with rejection from the very people that he came to lay down his life for. Yeah. Who's dealt with suffering, who's dealt with injustice in a way that goes beyond anything any of us could ever grasp. And before you try to come up with some, some case to throw in there, stop yourself because there's only been one perfect being that's ever lived. And therefore was 100%, 100% free and right and do to never have to experience any form of injustice. Mm -hmm. And that's Jesus. And yet that's exactly what he endured. And we, and we see that like in the, you know, Philippians two, that this, this God who chose to right, humble himself and enter into this story with us. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you've faced. He knows what it feels like, but he chose, as you said, man, earlier, he chose to bore that in his own life so that he could then look at us and say, I'm not kidding. My yoke, my yoke is easy. My burden is light in me. You can know that what's been done wrong against you has been bested. It has been dealt with justly in my death. 
and that has been overcome in a way that it could never, that you could never even begin to grasp in my resurrection. Yeah. I'm not ignoring what's been done wrong against you or what you've done wrong. I'm not whitewashing it. I'm not saying that all things are good and worthy. Go run of them. They'll never hurt anybody or bring harm or disharmony to you and others because they will. I'm just saying that I'm choosing to forgive so that you can live. Yeah. And so it's in a sense, it's almost like you're realizing that the ultimate wrong was done first and foremost against him Mm -hmm. and then you. And by a power that's not of you, you can begin to love and, and extend that forgiveness to others. If anything, just for yourself, man. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what he's getting at. Like they might not believe you. They might not like the forgiveness you extend to them. Might not, might not even care about it or even want it. Hmm. But it's your joy that's at stake. Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because there's two times in the New Testament that it talks about um, like the schemes of the devil, mm-hmm. you know, the schemes of, you know, an enemy and the enemy is real. Like going back to the weed and the wheat, you know, that parable, Yeah. you know, the, you know, the people who work in the field, they plant these good seeds and all of a sudden in the middle of the night, an enemy comes in and plants, you know, plants bad seed. And the master says like, he goes, you know, Hey, I thought you planted good seed and he goes, an enemy's done this. And a lot of times you can only look at things in the world and say, an enemy's done this. I don't know. I don't pretend to know where, you know, yeah. that begins. And where and that all that, yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's two ditches of, you know, behind every cold is, you know, a devil. And um, yeah. the other one is to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, it, it's not a reality, you know, in this world, but two times you see it, um, the schemes of the devil and they're connected to unforgiveness, yep. which is crazy. I just want to read this one here really quick. I got it pulled up. Paul saying um, he's talking about a, a, a real thing that happened at a small church in the city of Corinth in the first century. And he's talking about this whole thing that happened, this, this situation. And he was saying like, listen, I, I I'm, I'm going to choose to forgive. And what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything has been for your sake in the presence of Christ so that we would not be outwitted by Satan for we are not ignorant of his designs. Mm-hmm. And I think at your core to choose to hold on to hurts and yeah. to not wrestle with what God says about those things and what he has done right in light of those things and to choose to just stay in disagreement with yeah. God on those things to rejoice about your forgiveness uh, for yourself but while holding right unforgiveness over another person's head from a distance, dude, there is some nasty, nasty stuff that comes from that, man. Yep. And I think you're absolutely, you're dead on with everything you just said, like there is, there is for ourselves personally. I mean, imagine trying to live your life, trying to rid the whole world of all injustice. It is, that, that is an endless pursuit that will literally crush you just much yeah. like me trying to like carry the burden of that person's sin yeah. and, and to make sure it stays alive, right? Not crucify it on the cross, but make sure it stays alive and well in my mind and in my heart and make sure yeah. everybody knows about it. That yeah. was enough to crush me. And it's almost as if he, like, there's this compassion, this individual like personal compassion he has on us. Be like, dude, you have no idea 
how, how well this is going to serve you just practically from year to year, relationship mm -hmm. to relationship, this beautiful gift of forgiveness. No relationship can survive without it. No, no. It's like, he's kind of just beckoning us. Like, do you trust me? Do you trust that? I know what this is like. I've been there. I've suffered it. I've endured it. I've justly punished it. I've defeated it. There's a harmony to be found. And if anything, just for you, hmm. by believing me, by trusting me in this, by extending to others, the forgiveness that you found in me, hmm. or you can choose to remain forever out of tune with life himself as you sing this constant chorus and call and demand for a justice that I've already brought through my death and resurrection. Yeah. Because what you're seeking will never be found, can never be obtained. By the way, I never called you into that. And the result will be nothing but the crushing of you. It will be nothing but the constant disharmony in this world, which is so crazy when you think about it, because it's, it's, it's choosing an illusion. It's choosing to live in the matrix. It's choosing to ignore the very reality that we have in the freedom of Christ to hang on to this thing that we think is better because we're smarter than he is. Right. And our ways are somehow going to lead to what we really think is going to, it's needed in the world. And it's like, no, no, at the, at the root of all of that, or lies that we bought. And there is one in the scriptures who's referred to as the father of lies. Yeah. Which is kind of funny when you think about it as like the, right. The unforgiveness that you pointed to in the scriptures where we see that it's being tied to the schemes, right. Of a real enemy. One that Jesus himself spoke of. So to yep. say that he's not real, right. Is to call Jesus a liar. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to go ahead and just trust that he probably is uh, <laughs> probably knows more than we do. Yeah, and I totally. just feel like there's such a freedom in a lot of this, but you know, is it easy? No, man. And I don't think that's at all what we're saying or he's saying, but it is where life's found. You know, I remember like a few years ago, I don't know if you know, if you remember this, remember that doctor from Michigan state university, I think his name was like Dr. Nasser or something like that. Oh, the whole thing with the, um, yeah, US gymnast, the, the gymnast. Yep. Yep. So he was a Michigan state university, like doctor who was like part of the U S you know, like, you know, ladies, uh, gymnastics team for years and years and years. And he basically got pulled up on over 250 accounts, man, of sexual, right. Do, uh, do you remember that guy we ran into, um, who was, who was from that city? Yeah. I think I know where you're going. The gal that what yeah, she said in testimony. Yeah. Well, I just remember like hearing about it though. And all the accounts were coming out and then there was that, you know, the court case and that one dad, man, like hops the rail, bro. And he's like going for that dude's throat. Yeah. And I'm just saying like being a father of a daughter, you connect with, I that. remember seeing, I'll do, I remember watching it live and, and dude, just like, there it is like that righteous demand, like singing from my guts, dude. I was like, hell yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. him. You know what I'm saying? Get his ass. dude. Yeah. Like I like the, the, the gall of this guy, you know what I mean? Like just the harm, man, and the hurt that he has brought to these ladies. And of course, you know, afterwards you're thinking about it and he gets held back by the police and, you know, and you, you know, you start to like, you know, wrestle with that man. And then later on that girl, I think her name was Rachel. What was her last name? Um, Rachel, 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 uh, 
Den Hollander was one of the girls, man, that, you know, was abused and she takes the stand and she just literally looks at this guy, man, and says, I forgive you. I just want you to know that I forgive you. And I just remember watching that, man. I'm like, just like, you know, tears coming down my face going like, <laughs> and just, you know, watching that play out and making all the reasons in my head as to why that's not good. And that won't bring the accountability that's needed. And that's going to lead to more people taking advantage. And that's not going to make the world a better place. And that's going to justify what he did. And, and then going, no, those are actually all just lies. They're conventional wisdom. They're common beliefs and practices, just to be clear. Um, but if I found anything in studying the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus is most of the time what's popular um, is very foreign to what's good. And so just looking at that going, yeah, I might be singing the chorus for this along with everybody else, but uh, she's right, man. And she went on to just talk about the, the beauty and the rest and the freedom that she found and just extending to him the same grace and forgiveness that she herself found yeah. from a resurrected redeemer, man. And I'm going, there it is. Dude, it's, it's insane. There's no harmony apart from it. I don't really have much more to add, dude, to the conversation, you know, other than I, if you really think about it, I'm in awe that God chose to interact with the world through, um, he chose a, he chose a path of, of yeah. absorbing all the wrong, you know, yeah. he chose to end the cycle of what goes around, comes around, um, and stop it dead at the foot of the cross. And he chose to take that posture to us. It's really the only thing I know that can turn the human heart hmm. is a radical move of grace. It just stops you dead in your tracks. It makes you stop yeah. and pause and consider a different way. And I think that's what makes, that's what makes choosing to continue to not forgive in light of seeing that that's what makes it all the more i think grievous yeah is because it is insane like if you look at this parable jesus is using these extreme ends these bookends of 3.5 billion and 80 bucks yeah and you're just looking at this and you're like bro let it go and yeah. yet that is us you know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's what makes it all the more just shocking is because like for me, for six years, I grab onto, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm trying to like take these three verses and call me in the mm -hmm. morning. I'm like, I'm like being reminded. I'm like crying out to God. I'm like, yo, like, you know, okay, whatever you got to do to make me not care about this anymore, please do it. You know, and you're wrestling with it. But for six years, you just slap that thing right over your neck, dude you know, like a, like a towel oh. that you just walk around with like pridefully grabbing on to each end with each hand. And, um, it's like there's horses over in this pasture that are running freely. And you're like the mule that intentionally went, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Strapped on this, like, yo, dude, started pulling this, you know, this plow through a field, man, like on purpose. 
Yep. And you know, the rest of them are just sort of looking at you going, uh, why, why, why are you choosing this? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think. Um, one of the things I will, I was always like pretty honest, as you know, I was always pretty honest about that whole situation and scenario. And I never really got, you know, and I used to tell people this, like, man, just forgive, yo, just forgive. Like, oh, okay, cool. So I just wake up and I just like say the magic words or I just like recite the verses or like, how does this work? Cause every which damn way, you know, like I've told other people in the past how to do it. It didn't work. Like it still was this like lingering. There's no system here. There's no system. Not at all. There's no like no rhythm that you're going to adopt. You know what I mean? In some Christian circle, that's going to produce this thing in you. It's just, but in the backdrop, it was like this one thing that like, dude, it was just like this one thing in my story for a long time that was just kind of was right there that I was wrestling with all every blog I wrote, every podcast I did, every conversation about, you know, forgiveness and grace I would have with somebody was always lingering like right there as this, you know, nagging kind of ghost. Um, and I was always like, what, what is the purpose of this? Like, why, like, why can't I just get over this? Or why can't I, you know, just get past it? But God had a good, good reason, you know, for it. Yeah. I have this, I have, I have a, I have a story that I can connect with. I think I can have compassion on people who actually do deeply wrestle with forgiving someone instead of just telling them like, get over it. Um, you know, I, it, it was a, it was a moment for me to walk out that, like what we talk about in reclaim five, like waiting, watching and walking, um, yep. where it was, it wasn't so much me pulling myself up by my bootstraps and choosing to forgive. It wasn't even so much my spiritual ingenuity and being able to navigate the scriptures and say it just right, or even talk myself into it or talk myself out of it. Um, it literally was just me waiting crying out to him a point of like dependence on him and at the right time where I was like my heart was in the right place where I was just at the end of my rope where I gave up like an opportunity for the conversation took place and it was like dude there it is you know I waited on him I was watching I didn't see anything for a long time I can tell you I wasn't frustrated with the Lord in that I was like you know if there was ever you know, a, a scenario where I was like cussing in prayer. Like that was definitely it. Um, I think the Lord welcomes R rated prayers. Totally. I feel like that's yeah. when you know, you're doing it right. Yeah. I mean, amen for just the fruit of forgiveness that you're walking in. And I've been there, dude. I just, I can remember the first church I served at, there was a, a mishap man with a new building that we built that we thought the students for the youth ministry that I was leading, were going to get to use. And they opted to go with some really fancy tile in there. And instead of giving us access to this building, because we had no room in the other one, they actually barred us from the use of it. So they could do a dinner in there once a week. And I just remember like just being up in arms about that, man. And it, and and, you know, it led to a real disconnect, man. And, and a hurt for me and the ministry that we were doing and loss of friendships, you know, for trying to like speak into that thing. I can look back on the journey of, you know, leaving another church where I had a really cool work that we were doing to plant a new work for a lot of people that were moving into the Asheville area that weren't from there. And there was, there was no like local church there. So we stepped out to plant something and everybody's really excited about it. But then we just had a few people that just 
thought it was a bad idea and they created a huge stink at a denominational meeting and everything that we had in place to get behind it was all pulled overnight. Oh gosh. And people who were like cheering me on, like literally like wouldn't even speak to me if they saw me the next day. So we planted this work and Jesus did a cool thing, man. And a lot of beauty happened in that. Five years later, I leave there to go start a new work in Chicago. And because some people weren't the first to know, or because I didn't process everything with some people, people that were like our closest friends never spoke to us again, dude. And then a change of direction, man, in Chicago, where I was at. And because I was inviting our leaders to stay the course with all that we had agreed to do, I had a couple of dudes who basically just created a, a lot of disharmony, man, in that that led to a, you know, a disconnect. And I'll just be honest, man, I can go into like present times right now, you know, with friends that used to sit around my table, man, that were like genuine friends, people I've invested in for years. And they've grabbed onto some scenarios of what the world is right now. And just by merely questioning it and pointing to some things that Jesus said, Yep. Yeah. Imagine people like people literally talking to you weekly for years mm -hmm. and then just done. Yeah. So I'm just now just to be clear, that's a list of things that I was involved in where I can point to hurts. Right. And uh, and wrestled with forgiveness for sure. And then every step of the unforgiveness, man, there was just a, a genuine like further hurt, mm -hmm. disharmony anxiety, anger, fear, mm -hmm. um, just things in my life, man, that Jesus never invited me to carry. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the fruit of forgiveness and extending that, right. That I, I, I found relief, man. I found joy. I found like, okay. And there's some of those, man, that I still wrestle with. I still wrestle with, you know, some of the present things, just as I know, man, there's, I can go home with a longer list, dude, of, of things that I've done wrong. Um, oh gosh. Right. And brought hurt to other people and uh, where they're probably wrestling just as I am. Yeah. Dude. I just feel like what Jesus is inviting us into is to take a look at what he's like in that parable and take a look at what he's actually done and take a look at what he's actually declared and just extend to others the grace that we've received and find the harmony, man, that's only available in him. I think that's what he's showing us here in this beauty of forgiveness or the death of unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I think that the passage isn't really speaking strictly to like our, like volition, like our will, because it really at the core of it, like the more we talk, the more of like what we believe really comes out. Like if you have yeah. red eyes, dude, right. If you got like your, your just red eyes on orange horizons, bro. And you got your eyes dead set on just getting someone back and just hanging on to bitterness, like the cross eventually will pop up dead smack right in the middle of your path of mm -hmm. walking, of walking towards, you know, hanging on to that. And you literally have to take your hand and just set it aside or walk around it or dismiss it. And so yeah. everything we're talking about really truly does come down to what we believe. Yeah. And so yeah. if you look at this passage, you say, man, I better be a forgiving person or, or else like in the end, like God's not going to be, you know, forgiving, you know, of me. And I feel like it's kind of like, it's, it's not the opposite of that. It's just, it's different than that. 
it's like in our constant choosing and just hanging on to and just keep like strapping things over our shoulders and over our necks and grabbing onto these things and carrying every little hurt, every little, um, you know, grievance, every little thing done to us and constantly choosing to say, you're a liar. This is not how you view these things, yeah. treated these things did toward like, you know, all that, like you, they're just calling them a liar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, the invitation is to take him at his word and find the joy that, that comes from it. And if you're wrestling with it, just like we wrestle with it, uh, then I think what we have in front of us is just a, a talking to him about it, man. Yeah. Asking him to bear that in our lives so we can really experience the beauty that comes from walking in it. That's the journey, man. Knowing that I'm loved and accepted and I stand whole in him right now while I'm still calling on him and asking him that I might be able to experience the very reality that is mine right now. And yeah, if I had to sum all this up, I would say if you're serious about Christianity, if you're serious about following after Jesus, then, um, then the road before you is uh, learning the art of friendship and the ongoing practice of asking for forgiveness <laughs> and extending forgiveness <laughs> Cause that's what humans do when you put them up next to each other. And there's just something really cool, man, that comes out of that. And getting used to caring for your graveyard in your backyard. Yep. yep. So amen to that, man. Amen. Amen well, to the joy of learning as we go. There it was the real F word part two. Hopefully it was encouraging to you as always. We, uh, we'd like the feedback. We'd like the ongoing dialogue and discussion. Yeah. So let's keep it going. Um, if you're new to Lark and the Lark cast, um, yeah, we put out resources, but more than that, we're a community spread all across the, the nation and even globally. And we are having the conversation of God's reckless grace for a religious world because we count ourselves among those who have a tendency and a propensity towards religion uh, to choose our own way and our own control yeah. and autonomy. And so it's good news for yeah. us and we're passing it on uh, for the community and for the conversation. So we encourage you to join it. Follow us on social media at Lark underscore social larksite.com. There's all kinds of different ways to engage with the people that, that live on Larkin lane and they follow us on social media. You know what I mean by that? Uh, all yeah. the residents of Larkin lane, um, it's just better. It's better to live on Larkin Lane uh, than, uh, you know, Bitter Boulevard. Uh, was that a cheesy joke? I feel like it was kind of cool. I don't know. Borderline. Yeah, <laughs> borderline. Just For kidding. Sure. I dug it. But until next time. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.